there. Thank you for joining us again on The Basic and The Brain. For those of you who may have missed us the last few weeks, we're Alina and Maddie, aka The Basic and The Brain. And we're here to bring Botox and Bravo to the fucking table for your next dinner party. Yeah, I mean, think of it as us bringing basic bitch topics into the intellectual sphere. So grab yourself a glass of wine, or White Claw, or whatever hard seltzer, alcoholic drink of preference, (laughs) and join us for this week's episode. Lena, Lena, Lena. So it has been fucking forever since um, I've actually seen your face and talked to you, even though we're like on text like 24-7, but still. <laughs> on text, on Facebook Messenger, Messenger. On Instagram Messenger, <laughs> DMing, sending memes back and forth. Yeah, I mean, I've just been, I'm finally home um, after Yay. six days, which I know is like not that long, but I feel like in the world of a 30, almost 32 year old, (laughs) um, in the world of a 31, almost 32 year old, like that literally felt like it was six years. And I mean, you know, it was just nonstop. I think I had like 12 to 14 hour days every day for like six days. And the four of those were a bachelorette party. (laughs) In Jesus Christ. I literally went on like a three-day, four-night vacation with my mom and little brother, as you know, mm-hmm. and I have had to recover for the past two weeks. <laughs> so like, I I just don't understand how you can keep going like the Energizer Bunny, honestly. A lot of coffee. No, I'm joking. A lot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of coffee. No, no, for real though. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot, a lot of coffee and it was just really nice to be in different places and leave LA and see my friends and stuff like that. So, um, sure with that said, my liver doesn't oh, agree, but mm-hmm. your poor fucking liver, but I'm pretty sure also it's nice to see other parts of the world because I feel like California and LA and the Bay area in particular have been like very, covid cautious and very covid like safety centric and so i know other parts of the country have actually kind of gone back to normal so like i'm sure it was nice to kind of see a bit of normalcy well nashville was just honestly the wild fucking west and i told everyone there like i really don't mean this as a joke if we don't get covid from that trip we've got antibodies or something somehow or the vaccine works i wouldn't one of the two i don't know it was it was wild. Like <laughs> packed in a bar, nobody's wearing masks anywhere. It, it was it was a experience. And you know me, I'm not like super 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 cautious. We'll say anymore because I'm vaccinated. But it was like shoulder to shoulder in the bars. Is all I'm gonna say. And like you don't have to show proof of vaccination, right? Because when I did that in New York or in LA, it's like okay, but everybody here is vaccinated. No, no. No, no. Um, it was wild. And like I said, Nashville hot chicken for four days straight. There's not a vegetable to be found in that city. Um, my body, like I was even drinking beer. Like I don't drink beer you and I don't. was drinking beer Ugh. nonstop. And, and then I went straight to New York to go wedding dress shopping with my sister, which oh, is, you know, quite an experience. Me. I'm so glad I was able to go, but you know what my sister looks like. She's like stunning and was made to 
model wedding dresses. I mean, um, you sent me pictures <laughs> of some of like the runner ups. And I just remembered being like, I'd already had a breakdown, I think earlier this week about the fact that I've like gained 10 pounds in a year. And I was just like, oh my fucking God, what it's am I going to do? It's fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> like just existential crisis. And I remember you sending me this photos and I was like, your fucking sister, like, how is she so perfect? I just, I, I remember also when we were in Bali too, like she could fit into anything, just looking like photo shoot ready, no matter what she fucking wore. Like it's, it's, it's a real thing. And I mean, I, I feel that anyway, when I'm like standing next to her, cause I'm like the big little sister and I'm not big by any means, but like I'm taller and, you know, just a bigger mm. person. Then add to it, you know, this like, four days of binge drinking beer, Mick Ultra to be specific. That's just to tell you a little bit about what was going on in this trip. We were not drinking craft beer um, and just fried chicken and ranch dressing. And it was just all of the things. And then we started looking for a dress for me because her wedding's pretty soon. And I'm just going to show you what she oh wants me to wear. Okay. Oh God. I just sent it to you. I want your like real authentic reaction to be vocal about it. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait. Okay, we're going to have to post this. We're going to have to post this on our Instagram or something so people can like maybe look back and see what we're referring to. <laughs> Alita, is this, is this fucking see-through? Like, <laughs> Wait. Okay. So first of all, I spent the weekend, one of my friends at the bachelor party, she taught us about that. I think it's called thigh glide or something like that. It's basically mm-hmm. for like chub rub, right? So it keeps yeah. your thighs from chafing. I've never needed that in my life until very recently. And so I've discovered that I need thigh glide. <laughs> um, by the way, if you want to sponsor us, thigh guide, <laughs> we got you. We got you. I believe in your product. Um, oh but, but then this happens and I'm like looking at a picture of it right now. And so she sent it to me and I saw that there was only one left. So I was so nervous that I just like, I was getting ready to, to take a nap and I was half asleep. And so I just bought it. And then I woke up from the nap and I like looked back at it and I was like, oh, 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 that's like literally see-through. So I sent my sister a text message. And I go, Hey, like I just woke up from a nap. Um, no, I was, I was looking at the dress. It's really pretty, but I'm not sure that like your guests want to see my back rolls. Alina, I was like, I'm pretty sure I can see this woman's like labia. Just like if you, <laughs> if you zoom in, like I'm pretty sure I can see her fucking like labia lips. Oh, oh, my <laughs> oh my God. Stop, stop, stop. I feel dirty <laughs> after looking at that. No, but like, like, so I, I was just like, I, I don't think that this is for me. And my sister, bless her, Juliana, if you ever hear this, love you. Um, I, I was like laughing about it. Everybody's been horrified, but I was laughing and I was like, wait a second, silver lining, so fucking flattered that my sister thinks that this is appropriate for me to wear. So I was like, thank you, actually. Um, however, like, again, don't really think your guests need, want to see my labia and or... <laughs> back rolls. And so her response was, well, I guess you better start doing the Peloton two times a day. I mean, I'm like really not surprised that that was her response though. Cause like, I know you're serious. So like, the thing is, like, I feel like people are probably going to be horrified when they hear that and be like, oh my gosh, your sister's awful. But like, that's actually my sister's way of being like affectionate. I feel like it's not like, oh, you're right. You're too fat. It's, oh, no, it's fine. You, you like, you, you, you'll still look great in it. You just need to like work for it. So 
anyway, I just wanted it. Yes. That was quite an experience. Um, so I had that coming. It's already shipped. It's on its way. Uh, so TBD on what, what that looks like. I will a hundred percent take a picture. Maybe we can do like a side by side or something like that. Like a, uh, what I want, what, what, what I saw versus what it is or something. Like what you bought versus what you got. Yeah. Like whatever, whatever that is like, let's definitely do that. I think that will be amazing. Um, I'll keep everybody updated on how my Peloton choice today is going considering, the Jesus. most physical exercise that I've had, I'm not kidding, since I left over a week ago was for for a week, it was I did a pedal tavern, aka it's just like, you know, like you bike while you train oh, yeah. for an hour. And then after that, <laughs> I went shopping at the outlets and hit 10,000 steps. That's all I've done. That's physical. Otherwise, I've been like on a plane in a car, you know, critiquing wedding dresses or sitting at a tennis match. Um, so then I came back and I went to Palm Springs. So I had like yep. a six hour flight. I got up at six o'clock in the morning, Eastern time. So it's 3am Pacific, got to the airport, um, took a six hour flight home, went straight to Palm Springs. So six hour flight to three hour drive, dropped my shit off, said hi to my dogs, and then went to a tennis fucking tournament. Like I've never seen a tennis game game match in my life. Mm-hmm. And like, we were so clearly like the poor friends that got invited and got like free tickets. Cause we were like, no, it was so much fun. Like, it's really, I actually like understand it. And I really, really like tennis. Now I consider myself a fan. The people are really, really attractive and it's an interesting sport. Um, the way that I, the way that I pick who I'm going to like go for is whose outfit I like better, which I know is just the most ridiculous thing ever, but Hey, it served me well thus far. Both girls won. Um, but no, it was, it was just wild. And, and then I went house shopping with my friend or for my friend in Palm Springs. It was just like, I'm exhausted. Um, I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. I mean, I will say your husband did text me while you guys were driving back. I don't know if you were aware of this text exchange, but, um, I feel like I have to divulge to our listeners. Um, I just, you know, he was basically sent me a video of the fucking air turbines, which we all know he just can't aesthetically handle in any way, shape or form. That's the only thing he cares about aesthetically speaking though. (laughs) The only fucking thing that matters to him from an aesthetics perspective is like the air turbines in Palm Springs. And he'll have like a hissy fit about it too. Like it's like very vocal, like very vocal, very aggressive. Yes. I didn't, was it like, fuck that shit to hell? I was like, what are you doing? I was like, what's wrong with you? Um, But But then we proceed to go back and forth. And I was like, oh, is it a three hour drive? He was like, no, it's more like two. We have like an hour and a half left. He's like, but I'm going to need to pee every 20 minutes. And I was like, I was like, damn, you're one of those people who like, really, like you have to pee all the time. I was like, nope, I stopped drinking an hour before because I want to be like a speed demon and just drive all the way home, no stop, so I can get there as quick as possible. He then proceeds to text me a photo of a cup with, um, you know, he, 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 he captioned it like freshly squeezed lemonade. And I was like, LOL, LOL, is that like freshly squeezed lemonade? Or did Alina, you know, force you to pee in a cup? And it was just jokes, right? We proceeded to go back and forth. And he was like, yeah, man, Alina's really upset with me about that cup. And I was like, and then it dawned on me. I was like, wait, Mark, did you really fucking pee in a cup? And then proceed to send me a picture of said cup. Like it was just like a normal exchange. (laughs) And I don't know why, like after all the years of knowing Mark, like it just dawned on me and I was like, I 
found it shocking, but I could not stop laughing for a good 30 minutes. And I had to explain to Pierre while in tears and unable to breathe about how your husband proceeded to pee in a cup, then sent me a picture of said cup. (laughs) No boundaries. No, no boundaries. (laughs) And okay. I was like really cranky. I was really annoyed. He makes me stop to pee all the time and it pisses me off. Right. Like it's like a thing. I'm like, he will pee, then we'll get in the car to leave the house. And I'll be like, oh shit, let me go pee again. Like, I'm not kidding. He will run right back and be like, let me just pee one more time. And it just like, it makes us not late because God forbid he was late for anything, but it just drives me nuts. And so I did, I was the fool that ordered him a coffee when I was getting myself coffee, which I will never do again. But anyway, I was like, it's two and a half hour drive. He peed right before we left the house. Like, it'll be fine. He, so he did not even mention to me that he had to pee. <laughs> So I would have stopped at that point. We, we did need gas, by the way. So I was like, okay, like I'm going to just see how far we can get without getting gas. Out of nowhere, I look over, I was driving, I look over and I see him peeing in a cup. Out in the open, like dick flapping in the wind, like no like cover me, like no concern about anything, Maddie. And I'm like are you peeing in a fucking cup right now? And he's like, yeah, oh my God, I think I'm going to overflow. Give me another. And I was like, no, no. So then he starts taking pictures and videos and he sends it to you and he sends it, you know, to our other friends that we were with. And same thing, got some freshly squeezed lemonade. And Janet was like, oh my God, what rest area? And I was like, oh my God. Cause it looked like frothy and shit. Cause there was still like whipped cream or foam or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> it was like disgusting. Honestly, I was, I, so I started screaming. I'm like, you're a mongrel, blah, blah, blah. I'm like our friends aren't even surprised because they know that you're just like a mongrel. That's his new name. I, I literally was like, I was like, you're like a fucking baboon. And then I was like, wait, a, a bonobo. Bonobo. Still looking for sponsors, bonobos. No, anyway, so he's just like out of his fucking mind. And you know what Pierre then said shortly after? He was like, I wonder what it'd be like if Mark was going to show you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like, <laughs> and I just could not stop laughing. <laughs> I mean, I don't get it. Well, if Mark is showing me freshly squeezed lemonade and it ended up being whatever it was, imagine if he was showing me a peanut butter sandwich. Ew. <laughs> exactly. And ew, I proceeded ew. to gag. <laughs> no, that's disgusting. I mean, I, I actually don't think he would do that. I don't know. But um, <laughs> who knows? To be honest, who knows? I never know. But wait. Okay. So then I finally have to stop to get gas. Before he pumps the gas. He's like throwing his fucking pee. He's like recycling the cup, throwing his pee out like in the garbage at 7-Eleven. I'm like mortified. I'm like, oh my God. Wait. Then he finishes pumping gas. He comes back and he goes, hold on. Let me pee one more time. This was less than 10 minutes after he peed the first time. Anyway, he comes back. There's no toilet. He pees in the cup again. I just can't with your husband. (laughs) He's literally like like a baboon. Um, wait, then we call his parents. I'm like, oh, let's, you know, let's call your parents and talk to them while we're, while we're driving. We haven't spoken to them in a while. Tells them the story. And his mom goes, oh yeah, we have to keep like a pee cup in the car for your dad. And then he goes, yeah, Mark, don't take, don't think that you can just take like a water bottle and cut the top off because he goes, you'll cut your pecker. He goes, I recommend you get a tennis ball, like 
container. He goes, highly recommend a tennis ball, like container thingy. He was like, it's great. You have a a lid for later, blah, blah, blah. blah. That thing has saved me so many times. So apparently my in-laws have a tennis ball container that they keep in the car and they reuse And like, and like, and yeah, my mother-in-law goes, yeah, sometimes we take my car and I don't have like a, a, a tennis ball thing in my, in my car. And he gets very upset when he doesn't have that and he can't pee on the go. And I was just like, oh my God. Oh my God. You know, in Arabic, yeah. we have this phrase and it's, um, it's, uh, and what it translates to is that those who have children never die. I mean, <laughs> I've never heard such true words, like true words have not been spoken, whatever that thing is. But yeah, so it, it's been, it's been a very, very, very entertaining, Jesus interesting Christ. week. Um, if I were you, I'd be hibernating for like a month. <laughs> I have a guest coming tomorrow for three days and then she leaves for two days and comes back for a day. And then my in-laws come and the bathroom's not done. And then it's, you know, my birthday and then it's, Thanksgiving. Oh, which, by and the then way, it's... I texted your um, hubby about birthday plans. Um, uh, yeah, he told me he's planning, so I don't know. <laughs> yes, he is hey, planning. <laughs> I have <laughs> all the details. <laughs> peacups for all. That's the favorite this year. We're going to get peacups. Sweet baby Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh. wild shit that he does I swear to god but like every I feel like every vacation we go on every trip every time we see each other it's always like a mark story that we walk away from my mom to this day the first time well I guess not first time but second time she meets mark I feel it was like the first time that she really got to spend time with exactly. us <laughs> and she to this day still laughs about how he ate so much that he needed to take a shit in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> And she just like, she can't stop laughing. She's like, he just enjoyed the food so much. <laughs> and just. <laughs> it's incredible to me that your mom can like, that your mom can take like that and make it into such a positive. Cause she's just like the cutest thing I've ever met in my entire life. Like, oh gosh, bless her. Um, yeah, man. It's, it's wild. Like this household, Casa, Casa Speranza, you know, <laughs> you know. I don't even have to say anymore. Casa Spraza is just fucking wild, man. Oh, my It's baby. out of control. And on that note, it's time for our basic bitch quickies. Um, and for those who don't know, this is where we do a lightning round of top headlines from the week and give a quick top of mind thoughts about it. So I've already pulled a few that I'd love to hear your input on, Alina. Um, you ready? I'm fucking ready. Let's do dance. Okay, first one. Alec Baldwin says he's cooperating after fatal shooting on film set. Oh, hold on. My job is to, is to get Your the job timer. is to time. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was just so excited. Okay, we're doing two minutes or three minutes today? Uh, I think three minutes a piece, right? Okay. Since we're only doing two topics. So. Agreed, agreed. Okay. All right. And Go. I mean, I just think that this, it's so sad. I saw this yesterday and I i feel so, so sad for the, I think her name is Helena. Is, is that, am I saying it right? Helena, Helena, I think. Helena, Helena, something like that. Um, I mean, 
the thing that I don't understand is why the fuck were there bullets in the gun? So it's not that they're bullets. So they put blinks. And so the reason why I know all of this, I just want to preface is because as you know, I am a forensic files um, freak. And so this has actually happened in the past before. Um, So with prop guns, it's an actual gun, but they put blinks, but they're still like gunpowder. So um, it's, it still technically hurts, but it shouldn't technically kill someone. Um, so I think that's what's kind of weird here is, is really how did this happen? What malfunctioned in the gun that caused this to occur? Um, I also think what's interesting about this too is right now production teams are, um, there's a lot of unrest in the music, in, or not music, in the movie industry at the moment on the yep. production side. So um, like, is it because someone wasn't doing their job properly because there's like this tension or was it intentional potentially? Uh, I would hope to God not, but um, you know, there's a lot of issues that I think we're going to see later on play out as to what led to this. Yeah. One of my friends is an executive producer and, you know, she was just telling me about the, the general working conditions, the Mm -hmm. way that I guess like the compensation works in the industry, uh, at least for producers, Mm -hmm. it's not like necessarily a set salary or, you know, it's not a fee or anything like that, like actors get, but it's, and it's not hourly either. Right. So it's like, you get paid by the week. And so that doesn't mean, doesn't matter if you work 40 hours or, I don't know how many hours in a week I'm bad at math, but let's just say a hundred hours, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're still paid the same and like lunch breaks aren't a thing. And, um, it sounds like it's, it's really fucked up in a really, really unhealthy, toxic work environment in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still, I still just don't understand like why put the blanks. Is it just because they want it to look as realistic as possible? Yeah, um, I think it's part of the movie, the movie magic, right. To like make the situation look as believable as possible. Sure, but like Amelia Clark was riding around on a fucking dragon. Not that it looked real necessarily, but like, you know, but, we, I just feel like we can do that without endangering people. I mean, with guns, it's kind of hard because there's like the blowback from the device. There's the actual smoke. There's like, so, I mean, of course, yeah, you can give it to a visual effects artist and they could probably create a scenario, but um, it's also a lot of fucking money. I mean, you know, my husband is a technical director at a visual effects studio. Like you've seen how long it took just to do like our little logo video. Imagine what a complex situation like that would look like. It would just cost the studio True. money versus going for like a real life practical effect. All right, well, there we go. Rest in peace. <laughs> I know. I feel bad for the family. The She was a mom and she was also a wife. Um, and also the director was injured, sadly. It's, it's wild to me. Yeah. Um, okay. As sad as that is, rest in peace. We wish, you know. The family as well. And, yeah. And, and hope that there's some resolution so that they can have sort of peace and closure with all of this. Mm-hmm. Um. Second topic, um, to switch gears a little bit, uh, Scott Disick breaks social media silence after ex Courtney Kardashian's engagement. Go. I feel like we could have done a whole episode on, on this relationship (laughs) and and the attachment theories. Um, I mean, first of all, I think it's, she seems really happy and like, I got like, I, I yeah. want him to like, let her have that. But I also, I feel bad for him. I think that she was like his only rock and, you know, the whole family, mm. her, her family was his family. And I feel like he probably feels like a pariah and maybe that's like self 
yeah. uh, inflicted to a degree, but that's got to suck. Um, I mean, look, Scott did this to himself. I hate to say it, but she gave him years to get his shit together. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is, I feel like he has constantly used her as a crutch instead of dealing with his own problems and taking a deeper look at himself and, you know, being able to kind of find his own wholeness within himself. Um, and I think, you know, she's found happiness in, in Travis Barker. I, I can't blame her. And for him, I, yes, there's a part of me that feels really sad because I do feel like they are soulmates, but you know, it's the, like, he can't blame anyone but himself. And I think Agreed. also the, in, the interesting thing too, is I don't know if you're watching the reunion real time for Real House of Beverly Hills, but they asked Rinna about Amelia Hamlin and the breakup of Scott. And they were like, oh, how did it happen? She was like, well, you just have to read the news. And Amelia did. So basically confirming our suspicions that the reason why she broke up with him was because of the whole Eunice DM exchange. Oh, I didn't see that episode yet. Oh, sorry. (laughs) No, 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 that's fine. Um, I mean, I'm just really here for the Erica Girardi drama when Andy goes in on her. So um, very, very excited for that. But no, yeah, I, I... you're right. He did it to himself. I mean, he cheated on her, the drugs, like the fact that she was able to, I guess, like co-parent with him so well for so long. And I feel like she maybe almost like put her own happiness to the side a little bit for the sake of the kids. Like you're a better woman than I am, Courtney. Yeah. And the thing is, is like he was in other relationships too, but he kept holding on to her. That's mm-hmm. the other thing. And that's what led to the demise of his other relationships. Um, yeah, this is this is a wild one. I feel for Scott, you know, I'll always they will always have a special place in my heart, Scott and, and Courtney, but Scortney. Scortney. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like I really envy the happiness that I'm seeing out of Kravis, not gonna lie. Oh my gosh. I know. I mean, I don't know if I'm ever going to be like, let's go stick each other's tongues down or stick our tongues down each other's throats, like yeah. in public. And it's a little much for me, but I, I agree. I think she looks genuinely happy and Scott, hopefully this will like give him the push he needs. needs. Mm-hmm. Although I read somewhere that apparently like it's dark. And people I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Um, and that's all we have. Yeah. I wonder, I do have one like final thought. Like, I wonder if Courtney and Travis, like if they will ever like slow it down with like the PDA level. Like, I wonder if that will ever tone itself down. I mean, no, I don't think they will. I think that's like part of their thing. I guess. Fair enough. But the other interesting thing is that his wife is also, his ex-wife is pissed about the whole situation too. I wonder if her and Scott like get together and just have like one night of passion out of revenge or something like that. Um, I don't think Courtney or Travis would give a fuck either way. So (laughs) that's the sad thing. True. True. If anything, I feel like it'll just be fucked up for the kids. Um, All right. Well, Mm -hmm. very excited to learn about this episode. So we all know your favorite holiday is literally right around the corner, which is like fucking mind blowing. I know it. Can you believe it? It's already fucking October. Um, I know. And I'm really bummed. I can't do my annual Halloween match this year. Like I get really, really crazy. And also it reminds me, um, that you have yet to attend one. Like you are never going to let me live this down. And I have, I haven't lived on this continent for half of them. 
And the other half, I feel like I've always just been traveling or something. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every single fucking time I'm like, Alina, this, and you're like, no. yeah, I'm going to be in New York. Yeah. I'm going to be in Mexico. Yeah. I'm going to be God knows where. <sighs> and I mean, at a pandemic, right? Since I have lived oh, here, fair. you That's know, true. Just and like then, a fucking pandemic. And then the one Halloween that we actually did spend together, I ended up like passing out and there were like riots in the streets of Hong Kong. Yes, but we yeah. won't talk about that. We won't talk about that. <laughs> we won't talk about that because that's a sensitive subject. Yes. Um, but mm-hmm. no, I, I I promise I will be at the next one and I'm very excited. Yeah. But I mean, also, sorry, you have to remember that my birthday is a couple of days later and you know how I feel about my birthday. And I feel like I hate Halloween purely because I don't want anything else like overshadowing my birthday. But like... <laughs> It's such a fun fucking holiday. Like you can celebrate them both just as equally at insane levels. Come on. I know. Come on. I mean, I feel like you just, you've missed out on my greatness. Like you've seen me when I like cook and like take care of people. But when I do my Halloween parties, like I really go fucking all out. Like I go out on the decor. I go out on the drinks. I go out on, you know, like one year I hand painted white masks and glow in the dark paint, like made like, like 30 different masks. And I had like a feature wall with like black lighting and it looked so fucking creepy and it was amazing. The other year I got like 3d printed hands and I had them like stuck on the wall. So it was like creepy hands coming out in the hallways. And then I had like lights dangling from the ceiling as if it was like the Harry Potter, like the floating candles in the great hall. Um, yeah, no, it's a fucking vibe. Like seriously. Well, like I said, next year, hopefully pandemic will be over or whatever, not over, but you know, and you can do it. I mean, hopefully your new place, I think will be fucking bomb for that too. Oh yeah. Cause I could do literally like kind of like an around the world theme, but like horror style in my household and it would be dope. Um, also it's just, I, I just become a changed woman during spooky season. Like it's, you know, I'm all here for the pumpkin spice lattes, the apple picking, the horror movies. And I mean, come on, slutty costumes. (laughs) Hello. I, I'm, I don't think I've dressed up for Halloween in like seven years, eight years. Wait, seriously? Wait, okay, hold on, hold on. So what was your like last slutty Halloween costume that you wore? I don't know if I would call it slutty, but the last Halloween costume that I wore was saved for like, maybe like cat ears or something. Um, I was like, I think I was Mario. Cop out, cat ears are Mar- a fucking cop out. <laughs> I was Mario from Mario and Luigi. In like, I think in 2013, when I lived in Hong Kong, that's the last Halloween I can remember putting something on for. And I literally just went to um, Pottinger Street, which is where they have all the like costume shit. Um, and I just bought a hat that had an M, a red hat that had an M on it. And I wore an old red tank top that I had. How sad is that? <laughs> but I know you go all out. So I, I do. My, my personal I'm... favorite costume of yours is, but what, what are some of your favorites? Oh man, I've done so many over the years. Um, so I really liked my Jessica Rabbit one. And then the year after that, I think I was Beyonce from the formation video, which that was my favorite. It was a good one. It I was like good. did really well on it. Like the way that I like I was looking real fuego. Yeah, it was everything, the hat, the mm-hmm. the braids, so the like it was, the it was, accessories. Yes. Oh, yeah, it was, it was a good very one. Very impressed. Yeah. And then the year I think. 
after that, I was Storm for X-Men. So I got the contact lenses, which by the way, took me fucking forever to put in because I don't do contacts. So I literally was like, oh God, let me get these. It took me, I kid you not, an hour and a half to get these contacts in before the party. It was wild. Um, And then I had like the long white hair and I had like the, I just, you know, did did the whole thing. Um, And Pierre was supposed to be Wolverine, but then in the middle of the fucking night, he pulled up his like old Nixon mask which is a point break reference of like the presidents who, you know, go and rob a bank kind of thing. But <laughs> story for another day, as we all know. Oh, Pierre Bear. Oh, P nasty. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, but you you do go all out. And I just I just don't have the time. And and I like you're insane. You know that, right? I mean, like, what can I say though? I just I really love the holiday. I don't know what it is about it. I just fucking love it. I feel like people either love or hate Halloween though. Like it I, is or, or you know, I, th- I think it's very polarized, but I, I guess I don't understand, like, what are we celebrating? Like, you know, Christmas, which you know me with Christmas. I think that that's the equivalent of your Halloween for me is Christmas. Yeah. Um, but it makes sense, right? Like there's religious, I guess, uh, context behind that. Mm-hmm. Everyone is just so happy in December, at, you know, Thanksgiving, obviously, another polarizing holiday these days, but, uh, but you know, I, I know where it comes from and I just, I don't, I don't get Halloween. Yeah. I mean, I will say that Halloween is that its current purpose is like very, very different from what it was in the past. So like Halloween originally, not to get too nerdy, but I guess that's why people are here. <laughs> um, it was originally an old tradition originating from like Celtic festival known as Samhain, Samhain. Um, and folks would essentially dress up and like light bonfires and they would ward off evil spirits ahead of the new year, which was celebrated on November 1st. Then the Romans took over and kind of combined some of the Samhain traditions um, with their own. Um, so they used to celebrate not only like the passing of the dead, but also they would celebrate, um, I think it was Pomona. She was like the goddess of uh, fruit and trees. So the concept of harvesting. Also, fun fact, that's where like bobbing for apples came from. Um, it was part of sort of a Roman tradition because they were celebrating Pomona. Pomona. Um, oh. I fucking hate that game. I've never done it. I would never because my hair, I I just couldn't. (laughs) You know what? Sorry. That just made me realize before, before I don't mean to cut you off, but I think I know why I hate Halloween. Mm. It's because my birthday is three days later and my mom would always force me into having a Halloween uh, party slash birthday party. And one year I remember it was in my basement and she forced us to fucking Bob for apples. And I was pissed. You know, I was in like the fourth grade and like my crush was there and my mom made me like stick my head in a fucking barrel and it was like not cool and I was pissed. Anyway. Well, that's real pretty. Um, (laughs) I can only imagine. We felt it. Okay. Well, sorry. So, so go back. Childhood traumas brought to light. That's what we do in the show. (laughs) Bring context to what you didn't know previously. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Um, so yeah, so going back to the bobbing for apples, <laughs> Roman tradition, I am sorry that that was the reason why you ate so it all fucking week. triggering, man. <laughs> um, and then as most fun things, as, as what happens with most fun things, um, Christianity kind of spend it in the ninth century and replace Samhain with All Souls Day. Um, and it was just their way of trying to basically bury sort of this older tradition and bring in more, you know, religious 
tones to everyday life and so oh that's like dia de los muertos in a sense yeah i mean there's of course like variations or branch offs i think in like regional locations um and so i'm not sure what spun off dia de los muertos but i do i'm going to assume it does have religious connotations or one of the branches is religion um and then halloween when it came to america it wasn't really celebrated as much just because of sort of the more like religious rigid protestant roots Uh, but when um sort of the communities got a little bit more diverse with other europeans um, that were coming over as well as with american indians uh, the holiday became more about celebrating the harvest season Um, and then as more immigrants came to the u.s around sort of late 19th century um that's when in particular the the Irish, um, that's when it became more popularized, aka the modern version that we know about like trick-or-treating, um, you know, and celebrating it by wearing costumes and whatnot. Um, yeah, I mean, it's estimated that Americans spend about $6 billion annually on Halloween, which is comes second to Christmas. So Christmas Thank is God. still the king all. Thank God. <laughs> but $6 billion, that's like a lot of fucking money. Yeah. yeah, that's a shit ton of money. Oh, and then a fun fact for you and me, because we are um, dog mothers. Did you know Americans spend about $490 million on costumes for their pets in 2019 alone, which has grown about 100% since 2010? I'm not surprised by that, especially, I mean, you know me, I'm like a clickbait fucking fiend over here. And <laughs> I always see like articles, you know, about how like, why are millennials, millennials say that they're buying houses for their pets not them, or their dogs, not themselves and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm totally a sucker for the fresh dog food industry and all those things. Oh, yeah. um, so it doesn't surprise me. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised that people are so fucking basic, but like, have you ever dressed Mellow up? <laughs> Every fucking year I dress her up. Um, but what is she, she this also- year? So we haven't figured out this year. Um, and the reason being is because Pierre and I can't um, come to an agreement yet. He wants to dress her up as a little piggy. I want to dress her up as a Starbucks latte. It's an ongoing discussion in our household. <laughs> but I love that he's like just as into it as you, though. I think that's important in a marriage. Oh, 100%. I mean, I feel like, if anything, Mello has saved our marriage <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> Oh, okay. We're going there. We're going there. No, I'm joking. Um, No. I mean, I can understand why people have kids to save their marriages. I get it now. (laughs) But I feel like it ends up destroying the marriage in the end anyway. So that's true. Um, Well, Mello's only added. (laughs) Oftentimes, not saying that that's the case 100% of the time. But um, yeah, no. So I I tried to dress Martin up one Halloween and I bought him like a little dinosaur costume. And I actually have the funniest picture of him. He wore it for exactly two and a half minutes. And he like, I think he was yawning. But I snapped the picture in that moment and it looks like he's like roaring. Oh, it was like perfect. Yeah, that it didn't it didn't last very long. And I mean, the boys now, like, if I try to pet them, they fucking run away from me. You think I'm putting anything on them? So I feel they're, like they're Grinches, like their mom. Benji would like be like my assumption of what Benji would do, or my perception of what he would do, is that he would just literally just stay frozen and look at you with anger in his eyes of why the, why the <laughs> fuck are you doing this to me? And then. <laughs> 
Exactly. And then Frankie would just be like, mur, mur, and he'd still like walk around the house. He wouldn't <laughs> give a fuck. No. So I think Benji would shake, shake off whatever, you know what I mean? Like he would not, mm. it wouldn't last. And then Frankie, I mean, bless him. We all know he's not the, it's not the sharpest tool. Um, I, we have actually put reindeer ears on him Aww. and he's like too stupid to know what's going on. So oh, he so just kind of stands there. Yeah. Maybe I'll get some cat ears. for. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I'm just Cop out. But, um, but wait, I will say that I actually did put, cause you know, I live in LA and it dropped to about 61 degrees one year. And I freaked out that the dogs were going to freeze. Benji would not, would not move. Actually, you're right. He wouldn't move when I put the, the sweater on him. So I had to take that off. And then Frank, first of all, he really is a tank because he he busted out of that vest. I got him like a little puffer vest. It's really cute. Um, but he he panicked. Really? Yeah. So unfortunately, mm. they're, they're Grinches like mom. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, I mellow freaks out when it's so we did this whole thing where we had like a wizard sitting on top of her and she was oh, like she's a the, little thing. That's funny. Yeah. But she hated it. And she just like shook it until like the wizard would kind of like droop. Yeah. And then she would just kind of like look at me like, mom, you have to take this off. Like I'm not coming to you until you do. Um, so we found that the best ones for her are the ones that are like a full body onesie. I love how we're talking about how to torture, how, like best ways to torture your dog and getting them to wear a costume. That's cute. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. I've just never had a dog that like lets me put clothes on them. Martin did wear his onesie Christmas pajamas mm. for like an hour, and then he was like, "Mom, get this shit off and done." Um, but my dogs just won't let me, so it's yes. sad. Maybe that's why I hate Halloween. I hate Halloween for a lot of reasons. Uh, well, <laughs> homegirl, you could also get costumes during Christmas too for your dogs. So, <laughs> no, I know, but that's what I'm saying. My dogs don't like. Don't 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 you dare come for Christmas. I'm just don't saying. Don't you dare. Don't also, use that argument here because uh, like, hello. <laughs> also, also, I I remember one year I really wanted to be, like I was, I dream of Jeannie, but also living in New York and Brooklyn, Halloween is fucking cold. So you can't dress like a slut. So as That's like fair. an 11, 12 year old girl, you're really fucking mad that your mom will make you put your puffer jacket on over your I Dream of Genie costume, which is like your first crop top. That happened to me. And I was like, this mm. ruins my fucking costume, mom. And she was like, well, I don't need you getting the flu. So I just, I think got a lot of stuff going on. And, and you know how I feel about horror movies. I, I, I can't, I just can't. I love horror movies. What are you talking about? Mm, mm, mm. I mean, have you ever seen me watch a horror movie? Have you ever seen me watch a movie? But have you ever seen me watch a horror movie? I guess I haven't now that I think about it. Uh, nope. I mean, I guess the closest thing was like Squid Games, but like that's more like thriller. Yeah, that's not her. It's gory though. Like it's still a subgenre within horror. Yeah, but I think that's more that's more thriller. Like when I think horror, like I don't like serial killers. I don't like mm. that's a lie. I do like true crime. I just like, I don't know, Michael Myers. No, don't care. Don't want to watch like the stupid idiot that like walks into the dark room when they think that there's someone after them. Like I just don't enjoy that. So funny. I always, whenever we're watching, because they're like horror movie tropes, you know, like certain characters that fall within a trope scenario. Mm -hmm. And every time we watch these horror movies, it's always, always, and not to get racial here, but kind of to get racial, because a lot of people are probably going to resonate with this. It's always the white person. Whenever there's like a noise and the person goes to check it, it's either a white woman or a white dude who's just like, yeah, 
I want to go see what that nose is. No, get the fuck out of there. You're just going to like go to the killer, like make his job easier for him. Okay, cool. Exactly. I hate that. I just think it's funny. I actually think it's part of the game. And actually one of my favorite things, because a lot of horror movies now try to um, get unique with the twists and the turns, if you will, Mm -hmm. I will call out within the first 15 minutes how the storyline is going to go. And Pierre will always be like, you're no, like you're fucking crazy. And then it will always fall the way that I say it will, because I've just watched so many that like, I know all of the plausible twists given the tropes that they have. Have you ever been wrong? I think the only, or the most recent time in which I was wrong was clickbait, but that's not horror. So, and also clickbait because they lied to you in the middle of the fucking show. Don't even get me started. Um, (laughs) Well, with that said, like on the topic of horror, oh my God. On the topic of horror. Yeah. Oh, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. You're like, I was like, I was, I was like, is this our like new signal for like, oh no, it's just me <laughs> being weird. It's like my little piggy, oh, piggy, piggy nose. Um, okay. So I don't love horror. Not my thing. Again, Christmas is just like such a happy holiday. Hallmark is involved. Christmas trees, glitter is acceptable. Um, I'm rolling my eyes and, you know, so hard right now. Thanksgiving, <laughs> I guess for our U.S. and Canadian listeners, is generally speaking like a time for family and it's happy or you know whatever theoretically. Um, mm-hmm. But like, why? Why do people? And I know that this is not where it started, but like, why do people want to celebrate something that's like about terror and you know like ghosts and being scared and. I don't know. I don't like ghosts. I don't like being scared. I don't like murders. Like, wh- why? Why? I, I don't get why people love that. What What is exciting about that? So, like, essentially, like, why are people, like, why do people love fear and, like, horror movies and shit like that? Yeah. Like, what? why do people like being scared? I don't want to be scared. I want to feel very secure. So, that's a great question. Um, and there are, like, a couple of things to parse out here. So there's a psychology of what happens to us when we watch horror. And there's several theories about, you know, why is it that people get so engaged in horror movies? Um, And I'm in the middle of this book called, um, and let me try to be as, like, enunciate this as perfectly as possible because Pierre really thought that I was saying something way out of pocket. It's called Why Horror Seduces. (laughs) <laughs> he thought he was like whore seduces what it's like, like no. uh, I think that's self-explanatory <laughs> it's why horror seduces and it's by Matthias Clausen which by the way the book is fucking dense like I felt like I was back in college in my like media studies classes yeah. um but he brings up a lot of ideas and theories about this um and in particular you know he takes us on this journey of the evolution of her horror like how horror and fear works considering like our own evolution around fear and what we found fear ancestrally over the years Um, and then also the appeal of it right so he starts off with kind of like the freudian theory of horror that the genre disturbs us by metaphorically confronting us with repressed material like murderous impulses aka that like we all want to kill someone and so therefore like oh jesus i mean mind you this has been like dispelled and a lot of people are like the freud like this doesn't make any sense, but it's one of the things that he kind of starts off with. And I was like, damn, okay. Um, And in particular, what I thought was interesting is like 
how he talks about how horror fiction is designed to draw us in and keep us engaged. And the way that they do this is by creating these worlds, these fictional universes that are still somewhat resemblant to like our own lives, right? So a lot of horror movies will start off in like the suburbs of America or in like downtown Los Angeles or somewhere in San Francisco or what have you. Um, And it's pretty natural. And, you know, they'll give you like an anchor to that fictional world, which will typically be a character that you resonate with that's going through some struggles that are, you know, can parallel our own human experience. Um, And what they'll do is they'll start to expose that anchor, that character, whatever, to these nasty events, right? And so it creates, it has this like narrative structure around it that allows for the audience to be transported in a sense. And it allows the audience to project themselves into the fictional. And the reason why I bring that up is because he talks about how a lot of academics in this space believe that people desire extreme circumstances within the certainty of safety. Now, what the fuck does that mean? Right? Like, I know, I know. Like you're using a lot of big words, (laughs) (laughs) lots of big words. So what that means is like, we like to have these intense, like fear is one of those emotions that's considered an intense emotion psychologically for humans and the way that our brains operate. So it's a means for us to have this intense emotion, fear with adrenaline pumping, with knowing that we're like physically, emotionally, and psychologically safe within our immediate environment, AKA on our fucking couch at home. Um, And it's also kind of similar to the reason why people love roller coasters or love playing extreme sports, right? It's like, I hate all all these things. (laughs) You hate roller coasters? Seriously? So I like, I am the kind of person where I go on a roller coaster once every like five or six years. Mm. It takes the entire day for me to like get on the roller coaster. Mm, When I was like, literally, I was like 12 years old. I remember we used to go to Six Flags and I had to go because of course I couldn't miss out on this, even though I hated roller coasters. And like, I would be the mom of the group. Like my like 12 year old friends would all go on a roller coaster. And I'd be like, I'll hold your bags. Like I was that 12 year old. You were that I'm such a fucking loser, man. I'm okay. Anyway. No, I mean, it just means that like, you would prefer to control your environment and just be safe without including some of these external things. Like, for Oh, you, surprise, surprise. <laughs> surprise, surprise. You're such a control freak that you can't get on a fucking roller coaster. Wow. Welcome to the basic in the brain where we psychologically um, pull apart <laughs> ourselves and bring it back together to explain why we are the way that we are. <laughs> oh my God, this is wild. Okay. All right. Sorry. So people like extreme sports because they want psychological arousal. Yeah. It's like psychological arousal. It's like eliciting these like strong emotions. It all kind of plays into the same thing, right? Of Mm. we are striving to have these like strong, intense things. And also the fun fact on the side, I, as you know, once again, I've was on TikTok scrolling through and um, one person- I <laughs> What else were you doing? No, <laughs> right? Um, I was trying to find this video again, but I couldn't find because I wanted to give her credit, but she was just like, oh, do you love horror movies or are you just so depressed that you're just seeking an adrenaline rush by watching these horror movies? And I just like sat there and I was like, <gasps> call me out again, bitch. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> But it's, oh it's my God. It's like, it's a way for us to get some sort of like, I guess in a sense, kind of like a psychological high, right? To like feel something. And so there's a theory that people just do it to like feel that like extra bump, right? Mm-hmm. But within the own safety of your house um, or movie theater or what have you. Um, there is nothing safe about being in a movie theater. That's where the killer comes. Nope. 
Okay. That, so just watch horror movies in your house then. <laughs> um, or not at all, like Alina. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, I will say, though, he references in the book um, another thing that I really loved. And, and also, I've watched documentaries about this in the past. Hashtag thanks media studies degree, which is useless in my day-to-day life, but helpful here. Um, horror fiction can be much more than like escapist entertainment. Horror can actually function as an instrument of psychological calibration. And what the fuck does this mean? Yet again, it's just a way of like us being able to understand and make sense of our world. Like think of it as like a piece of art that's kind of mirroring, mirroring what's happening in real life. Right. And the way that some folks interpret this is like horror movies kind of reflect our cultural fears. And in particular, you see this a lot with the U S horror market. Wait, so horror movies reflecting cultural fears? Is that just assuming that like everybody is scared of the same thing or I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. So also a great question. You're coming out with the hits today, Alina. I'm here for it. Um, it's a really great question. And I think the best way to go about this is just kind of showing you the evolution of horror movies in particular in, in the U.S. and the Western world and how right. they parallel to what was happening during that time. So, for example, you have like Nosferatu, which I believe was like 1920s, 1930s. Um, and it's basically immigrants during that time were coming over to America and bringing monsters from the old world, if you will, into the new world. Then in the 1930s, you have like the golden age of American horror cinema. You know, Universal had come out with Dracula, Frankenstein, the Invisible Man, um, and the monsters were actual monsters, right? And it created sort of this like safe distance from this threat, if you will, right? Like, oh, I can go and watch this and enjoy it because, oh, vampires aren't real. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and so that was sort of, okay. the, like I said, the golden age of American cinema. Um, but the thing is that these movies, as time started to go on, lost its charm because they weren't quite as monstrous as what was happening in the world at the time. Um, so in the 1930s, 1940s, of course, we have World War II, lead up to World War II and World War II. Um, and of course, there's like the rise of Nazism and the Holocaust, and nothing could really compare to the horrors that were happening in real life mm-hmm. at the time. So once again, they kind of lost their charm because it's like, oh, well, you know, these monsters are these fictional characters, but that are like doing monstrous things, but look at what's happening in real life. Like actual people are doing monstrous things. Um, So during and after the war, you see horror movies evolving in the U.S. to a more darker and somber tone to kind of reflect what was happening in real time. Um, And then you kind of see the evolution with, um, you know, monster bugs and things that were related to bombs. I know, okay. I know. So it's like there were these horror movies that were like large ants and like large spiders and shit like that. And it was because it's like, oh, look at what atomic energy can do. It can like mutate oh these things and they can become these huge monstrous elements. And it was because of the fear of the atomic bomb and what it could unleash. So kind of paralleling our cultural fears of that time um, with the atomic bomb, because that's, as we all know, in World War II is when... You know, we were testing it and eventually used it. Um, And then you see in the 1950s, there's like this rise of alien movies and alien invasion. In particular, I think the favorite was Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Have you seen any of these, by the way? Some of these older ones? What do you think? (laughs) Probably not. But I mean, like they're easier horror to digest, right? Because it's like old times and, you know, we can make 
sense of what we're seeing. Mm-hmm, it's more mm-hmm. sillier. Mm-hmm. But um, Invasion of the Body Centers was really popular. Um, and it was because it related back to the fear of conformity and communism during the time, since this was during the Cold War. And for those who don't know, Cold War was basically the sort of rising tension. It wasn't like a physical war, but it was an ongoing sort of play of wits and strategy and placement of military uh, between the Soviet Union and the U.S. at the time. And you also see like the blob, the thing, all things that are related to kind of alien invasion, um, as well as the other fear of the other. Then, as we know, the Vietnam War, rise of the counterculture, people were really thinking at the time that it was like, oh, we may be the last generation. Things are coming to an end. Oh, my God. Seriously, it was like Mm -hmm. there was a draft. People really thought that it was like the end all be all, like we're all going to hell. There's no God anymore. Um, And that's kind of why you have like this like rise of like Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist, like like films that are along those those lines. Um, and then in the 1970s, you sort of have this new horror. You have Night of the Living Dead. I don't know if you've seen that. Also another classic. Um, it's a zombie movie. It's more politically Ugh. involved. I know. Okay. I know. <laughs> Um, And what was interesting about this movie was that it was a black lead. So it was also, you know, in the midst of some of the civil rights stuff as well, where um, political commentary was a black man to lead. And it was sort of the first black man to lead in a movie like that. Um, And he ends up surviving the horrors of these zombies and what was insane. And for those of you who haven't watched it and want to watch it, I would avert your ears now. um, He ends up getting killed at the end by white people who are walking through and mistake him for a zombie. So it was supposed to be like political commentary of the time. Oh my gosh, that's so fucked up. I know, I know. It's, it was an amazing film, but also it was, like I said, just very much tied into some of like the cultural stuff that was happening at the time. Um, And then you have like the rise of the slasher movies during the seventies to the late seventies. So Halloween, Friday, the 13th nightmare on Elm street. And what's interesting is it's because during this time, it was the rise of the serial killers. So about 80% of serial killers between the seventies and 1999 uh, or sorry, 1950s to 1999, they kind of cataloged, the rise of serial killers, but between 1970 and 1999 is when 80% of those serial killers were in action, if you will. And so that's kind of why you have the rise of them because people were starting to get scared like of home invasions of these like people who are monsters that were going to slash them in the middle of the night. Um, And then, you know, you see recent movies around cultural fears, like social despair and debt, racial inequalities, et cetera, et cetera. And even what I found interesting during the pandemic, for example, was um, you see past horror movies making a resurgence due to what's happening in real time. So for example, Contagion, which came out in 2011, Mm -hmm. it saw a massive rise. And I think it was the second streamed or second most streamed um, movie or watched movie in the US um, in the first like three months of 2020, which is when the pandemic hit. And note that it was previously, I think, on the list at 270, like at the end of 2019. So it's like a lot of people went and were just like, oh, going to watch it (laughs) because it reflected the cultural fear of the time. Wow. I was, so I was actually thinking um, of Get Out. Mm-hmm. Get Out and, and Us, they're both by... Um, Jordan Peele. Yeah, I was going to say Kean Peele, but I knew that wasn't right. Um, the, I was thinking of that movie in mm-hmm. regards to this. And so um, yeah, I'm glad so. I got the, the concept. 
Oh yeah. hundred percent. Get out was really important because it was right after Ferguson and the surgeons yeah. of the black lives matter. And that's why it was like such a big yeah. cultural phenomenon when it came about. Cause people were like, Oh shit, this is so relevant to what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I guess my question for you is like, why would people watch something that's mimicking like this, the scary shit that's happening in life, right? Like unsafe lack of safety, uncertainty. Like I feel, I feel like watching contagion, for example, during fucking COVID while I'm locked in my house and scared that like the groceries are going to kill me would really like, I don't know, maybe my anxiety is just a lot higher than the average person's, but like, I feel like that would do nothing but like add to that. If it was like realistic, if that makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. Um, and I I have my own theory about this. And I think that people, when they're watching these films, A, there's a sort of like controlled comfort that you can have about it, right? So yes, we all, we the beginning of the pandemic, we were all anxious because there were so many unknowns. And I think a lot of people, because of that anxiety and like feeling that there was no control in their own safety and certainty of what was to come, there's a certain level of like control that you can have with watching this medium of like, okay, well, I can like watch something that's mimicking my current time and see it come to an end. And it's a behavior or it's a medium in which, like I said, you can control your own um, sort of emotional output, if you will. So I think it has something to do with comfort. Um, I also think some people did it because they are masochists. <laughs> And I also think some people did it because they're like, oh, I actually want to learn like what will come or what is a possibility oh, gosh. for us currently. Because there were so many big questions. People were like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. I hate Sometimes. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I do remember when that movie came came out and I remember being like, wait, that was a really quick turnaround for like the production of this. I didn't realize it was old. And then I realized after, I think I saw it on like my Netflix, you know, recommended for you or whatever it was. And I was like, something I will not be watching. Um, I think I watched the first 10 minutes and I was like, Mm-mm. okay, we can move on from this. Um, but uh, ugh. yeah, I, uh, I don't know. It's just not, I don't know why horror is not my thing. Dressing slutty on the other hand, I do that on a day to day. So maybe I can get on board with Halloween. You know, I think there are some movies that I would like, usher you into slowly like for example some of the ones that I've recently loved are more commentary about like recent societal stuff which I think is like easier to digest and not as scary and on top of that one of my favorite 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 horror movies which was directed and I believe written by Joss Whedon who I know he you know was part of the Me Too stuff and I want to separate that from his you know his work um but he did Cabin in the Woods, which I absolutely loved. It was with Chris Hemsworth and um, blanking out on the other actors' names. Oh, wait. I watched that. Is it kind of like a parody almost? Yes. So I watched like, that. It's playing on the tropes of horror. It's literally poking fun at some of the dynamics within the horror genre. Yes. Which I absolutely fucking loved. Yes. Um, I watched that. Uh, we actually watched that, I think, last Halloween. Oh, nice. On Halloween, I was like, I'm not watching a real horror movie. So we watched that. And then I think we might have watched Midsummer after that. Which I know your husband 
watched and he did not like. Can't he he still like if you bring up the word midsummer, he like panics and like can't handle it. He's so scared. I remember he woke me up at like three o'clock in the morning. And mind you, I don't like horror, right? Um and I was like, this isn't, I don't, I don't think it's horror. I just thought it was more like disturbing than anything. Yeah. It's not, it's not the, like the traditional slasher heart. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, I was totally fine. And I went to bed and he like literally taps me awake at like two o'clock in the morning. You know how I feel about my sleep. Mm-hmm. And he was like, how are you sleeping right now? I was like, what are you, how are you not sleeping right now? And he was like, I just, I just can't sleep because of that movie. That movie was so fucked up and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, what are you scared of? I was like, are you scared that like the cult is going to come from Sweden in the woods to like come to Sherman Oaks, California and like knock on our door and take you away and put you in the fucking bear suit? I was like, what, what about that is scary? But at the same time, like he's not scared of serial killer breaks into somebody's house and fucking slashes their throat. I, I, I don't understand that. I think it's based on what you find realistic. I also think he was, he was high watching that movie, wasn't he? Yes, he was high. And I don't, I don't, I also don't smoke. So that's maybe, (laughs) maybe like I had like a realistic perspective of what was going on. And I was like, okay, this is a cult. I don't think I'm the kind of person that could like end up in a cult. Um, I think I'm fine. I feel like that movie in particular and that director, um, I love his work, but his, I would not watch his shit high. Like I, that, I feel like that was a mistake. Number one. Also, this is like in art. It like literally, I feel like that movie was in was art. Beautiful. Piece. And for me, when I was watching it, I was just analyzing all of the little things that were happening in it. Um, so for me, I didn't really view it as horror. I was just like, oh, this is like an art form and like commentary on like, you know, communities and, and shit like that. Um, so it's just every time I feel like he brings it up or I say something about it. Yeah. I, I do it's sense so his anxiety scary. around the topic. <laughs> he hates it. And it's so funny to me. Um, but so yeah. we're never watching horror movies together. I feel like that's the end. all be all of this. Um, good to not know. My thing. Know. I'll watch Bravo with you all fucking day. I, I know. I all know. day. I'll watch Bravo. I'll watch Great British Bake Off. <laughs> I have yet to watch Great British Bake Off. What? Yeah, I haven't watched it. It is the most pure, just like nice, lovely people that are in a competition. And like when they get kicked off, they're always like, yep, I deserve that. This it, they, it, Like they are just so cute and they're so nice. And I don't know I what that. the fuck they're ever making because they make like Victoria cheesecakes or tea cakes and they make like <laughs> Battenbergs and like make a whole bunch of shit that I've never heard of in my life. But, um, it's just such like a nice show. It's also Hallmark season. It's happening. Oh my God. We're, we go. we're within the hundred day count. So next time, it's next so time you come over. Funny to me because I always feel like I can sometimes be like very emotional and very like in my feelings about stuff in particular with like true love and this, this, that. But like when it comes to like Hallmark shit and like all of that, like I just find like the roles like flip immediately with you and I, where I'm like, be realistic here. And you're like, no, but I love it. I'm like, but she could have wound up on a farm in the middle of North Dakota as a lawyer from New York City and fall in love with a farm boy that turns out to be her long lost brother. But it's okay because they're step siblings. I love it. I love it. You so are out of your fucking, fucking mind. Much, and I can't wait. Can't wait. You know what? You know which Hallmark uh, movie I, I really do love and I want to not love it, but I do. Um, 
is it like the Christmas Prince or something? It's on Netflix with Vanessa Hudgens. There's like 47 of them. Her, like everything is so bad about it. I mean, I mean, it's, so it's a Netflix. It's not actually Hallmark, but like her accent is atrocious. Oh, it, it is. The storyline is atrocious, but I will sit up and I will watch those. Like there's like four or seven of them or something now. And I, I just love it. And I can't wait. And I'm such, are you into like me so happy romance movies? I guess I just never asked you. No. For romance. <laughs> Interesting. But you fucking love Hallmark. Okay. I don't watch movies. <laughs> this is the other thing I watch. Oh I literally watch like real estate. And yes, we, know I watch, this. we know this. I watch a lot of HGTV and Million Dollar Listing and anything and everything like that. I watch, um, and I watch a lot of like com- competition shows, like Me The too. Great British Bake Off. And then I watch one about like jewelry makers. And, and then I watch one about like blown glass artists. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> But also, like, I don't really, like, actively watch television for the most part. Like, I just keep it on in the background. I'm one of those people who Which is just so funny because you're always the one who's recommending shit to me. And I'm always like, what do you... Well, I feel like you hate them half the time because I didn't actually watch it. (laughs) That's a fair point. (laughs) Like, I I just have it on the background. Although, we we are watching you season three, so... I haven't watched season one or two, so I don't... So I didn't watch season two. But I watched season one and you should watch it. I think you'd like it. Um, but yes. I, mean, I get the premise of it. Like he's a fucking killer and then he falls in love and they're like killers together, I guess. You just got to watch it. Just got to watch it. Ugh, it's fine. like fucked up. I mean, I do think it's getting a little carried away at this point, but it's still good. And like, it's one of those shows that I, I do actually watch. Um, but Yeah. And you meanwhile, watch I'm over here just like rewatching all of like The Simpsons, like Treehouse of Terror horror shows that they do. <laughs> just, I just, it's every Halloween I do this, like literally the whole month of October, I'm just rewatching it. I'm working and it's just playing in the background. Like all of the, like they have like what, 30 something seasons at this point? Just all of the, the Halloween episodes that they do. I have never watched an episode of The Simpsons, what? so can't say. Are you um, fucking kidding me? My mom didn't have many rules when I was growing up. Like, I didn't have a bad time. Um, we were, like, she was, she didn't give a fuck if I did my homework. Um, very, very, very liberal. Like, liberal in that, like, she gave us a lot of liberties households. Yeah. Also liberal, but anyway. Um, but the, she did monitor shows that I was allowed to watch and I was not allowed to watch Simpsons. I was not allowed to watch Married with Children and I was not allowed to watch South Park. I wasn't allowed to watch the Simpsons either, but I still watched it. And I also wasn't allowed to watch, um, I actually watched Married with Children with my dad when I was a kid, which already tells you that my parents, like, what were y'all doing? Um, and oh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I wasn't supposed to watch it, but I still ended up watching it as a kid. Buffy? My mom yeah. watched Buffy with me. <laughs> Yeah, Buffy though, like there's so much like sex scenes or like love scenes, I guess. I don't even remember. Kissing, whatever. Um Interesting. Also, like, yeah. Isn't that funny? Like how every household is very different with what was considered appropriate and what wasn't. Hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, my mom took me to a funeral when I was three. <laughs> so that was appropriate, but this love it. Amazing. She was like, I wanted you to see what would happen. <laughs> like if you did drugs. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> 
sorry, I'm laughing at just like the idea of that being the rationale and not the fact that I was at a funeral at the age of three. Um, Welcome but, to the oh basic God. in the brain <laughs> where we divulge our traumas. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm such a rule follower now because I because my mom told me when I was three that I would die if I did anything wrong and like be in a casket. Yes. Oh my yeah. god, it worked. <laughs> on that note, life. anyway, on that note, um, I'm excited to see what you dress up as and to see whether or not um, Mellow is a Starbucks latte or or a puppuccino or yes. if she's a pig. What? You do know I'm just going to buy all three outfits or like all outfits and then yeah I know but what's like, like a multi day thing costume um, maybe we should do a poll on our Instagram oh, I love that um, so you might need to buy all of them and then take pictures so keep an eye out dear listeners we need your advice and we have a couple of days a couple of um, days to for, for, out. for Maddie to make the final decision and then we'll we'll post back on on what that looks like me and my dogs will be sitting here grinching it up for halloween i'll wear black but i wear black most days so you do um i'll probably be um sending you photos of my fun themed drinks and how i mess with dry ice to create those fun themed halloween drinks you're something amazing i love it So there you have it. Thank you so much for joining us again on The Basic in the Brain. Be sure to join us next week for our next spin on intellectualizing our basic bitch interests. Be sure to join us and don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tweet us at Basic and Brain and follow us at The Basic in the Brain on Instagram. Give us feedback. Tell us what you love, what you don't love. Tell us what topics you'd like for us to cover. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye.